Say you're a professional landscaper. You're not just tough. You're professional grade. And so are your tools. Because you got best-in-class Echo X-Series products. You got a perfect balance of power, weight, and performance from a professional-grade 56-volt battery system. Max-out battery tech that gives 100% power till a 0% charge. Echo X-Series means best-in-class tools for best-in-class pros. So when we say Echo is professional-grade, we mean it. Echo. Power on and on. This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by J. Crew. This spring, J. Crew is telling a linen love story. From perfectly rumpled beach cover-ups and effortlessly sexy suiting to button-up shirts from the world-famous Baird McNutt Mill in Ireland, the new J. Crew collection is made to be shared, lived in, and loved for decades and generations to come. Shop linen like you've never seen it. And more new arrivals for spring 2024 at jcrew.com. Hello and welcome to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast, brought to you by the team here at the magazine. Join us as we chat all things gardening with the nation's favourite experts. New to gardening and looking for advice? We've got an unlikely horticultural hero to share with us his highs and lows of falling in love with all things horticultural. Hello. I'm Miranda. Welcome to this episode. Today I'm chatting with comedian Joe Lysett, who makes up for in passion what he lacks in experience. He explains his less conventional view of the plant world, what about it makes him laugh, and his own recipe for perfect compost. He also shares how he, and you, can get growing from scratch. I started by asking him what it is that appeals to him about gardening. So much, really. It's been the the main thing, really, is uh, in lockdown, particularly. Well, before that, actually, it was just such a solace and such a useful um, thing for my mental health, really. Uh, a, a, a thing to focus on that felt uh, productive and positive and um, endlessly fascinating, that also seemed to immediately soothe me and s- sort of um, stop any restlessness, I suppose. And then um, I think it's as you get a little bit older. I mean, I'm talking like I'm an elder, an elderly. Uh, You're younger than me, so be careful. <laughs> yes, yeah, Soz. Um, <laughs> I think you get better with patience, don't you? I was quite an impatient creative for a lot of my twenties. I wanted to see the results of the thing immediately, and a lot of my work reflected that. Being a stand-up is very much like that. You sort of you want the response straight away, hence, you know, you get your audience in front of you there, you know, you don't film it for later or whatever. It's all about the initial reaction. 
And I think as the older I've got, I've got more used to getting um, a drip feed of responses, but also the um, the joy of seeing something come to life. And um, yeah, so I mean, all the things that people say, really, the usual things about gardening, it's uh, that feeling of nurturing something and it coming to life, um, which I, I achieved with limited success with houseplants. And then it was the natural thing to get out and do it in the garden. And prior to lockdown, was there anything causing you stress? Yes, show business. <laughs> I took on far too much of that old thing. Yeah, I, um, I got to a very fortunate point where I was getting offered loads of really fun stuff. And I'm uh, like a lot of freelancers, not very good at saying no to things. So I'd just say yes to everything, basically. And then realised that I had no life in the middle of it, you know, and um, and so I didn't spend time at home, didn't really spend time with my family or friends, whatever, and um, and so uh, kind of got a little bit waylaid in that regard. Did loads of fun stuff, and I enjoyed doing most of it, but it was just, you know, there's a there's a, a balance that needs to be struck, isn't there? And um, and so yeah, gardening was a real because you can't really look at your phone because your hands are really messy, so you can't like check an email or whatever it's like you have to put it to one side and come back to it later and um it just was a really lovely break and also my mum is an amazing gardener her garden she does for the NGS every year extraordinary and when I was first doing the garden she was coming around quite regularly helping me out giving me tips and she still does give me loads of tips and whatnot and she will help a bit when when we're allowed when it's when it's safe and so it was a really lovely way of connecting with her and my dad did loads in the garden as well he like chopped down loads of bamboo bushes so it was a real family project as well it's the house I grew up in and it's like a long and I was gonna say thin but it's not that thin but it's like it's a long garden and she's just been nurturing it for years and again you know she was working low she worked at Cadbury's for most of my life think all of my life actually and um so she you know didn't have loads of time for gardening but whenever she could get out there into the uh into the garden she was doing it and and you can see the results of that now it's extraordinary would you get to the point where you'd open your garden to the national garden scheme could people visit your no, garden <laughs> i don't think so because it's i don't think they'd let me in for a start <laughs> what's I wrong with your garden quite, well it's um it's a bit of a hodgepodge is the only way I'd describe it. I think this, this, I read an article about not um, thinking of your vegetable patch and your flower beds as separate things and merging them. And I think that's very popular now. I've really done that to the nth degree. And I have a quite Darwinian response to gardening in that I have what I call Joe's mad basket that I do every year, which is where I throw bulbs, seeds, whatever I can find, mix it all up in compost and whatever survives was meant to survive and generally it's just weeds like not a lot actually survives um and a lot of my garden is that it's experimental at this stage because I don't really know how stuff works so it's a mess it's overgrown I don't think the NGS I think the NGS would think oh we've let a madman in our ranks I don't think they would (laughs) it sounds very forward very forward thinking though with your wild flowers and your as you say mixing the veg and the flowers yeah. together I mean it's very on trend it's on trend yes it is on trend I'll, I'll agree with you there but I wouldn't agree with you that it's uh well not that you've said this but it's not necessarily been successful so some some things have survived and I had a lovely crop of 
uh, kale. God, kale doesn't care, does it? It just grows. And I've kept going. I'm so bored of kale now. I've done it all. Kale crisps, turned it into pesto. I've done it all. I'm over it. But um, cauliflower didn't do well at. Sweet corn was mixed. Uh, yeah. And I've also, I'm far too ambitious for the British climate. I really want to grow an avocado tree and a lemon tree. And essentially, I want to live in Italy, but make it happen in Birmingham. I don't think it's going to happen. Oh, we'll have to have a look. There are some hardy varieties. I might have to send you some uh, some, uh, <laughs> some oh, ideas. Yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> How is your lemon tree going? I was enthralled to see on Instagram you were growing from seed a lemon tree. Yeah. Well, I just, I don't know where it came from. I think it popped up on YouTube, somebody doing it. And I thought, that's cool. I'll give that a go. And I was eating a lot of lemons at the time. Not eating them, drinking lemon juice. Because I read Tom Daly has um, lemon juice every morning because it burns through fat, which I don't actually think is actually a, a tip. But because obviously I want to look like Tom Daly, I thought that's exactly what I'll do as well. Um, I won't do any of the exercise or the athletic stuff that he does. I'll just do the lemon juice and expect exactly the same results. And um, and so I was getting a lot of lemon. And I was sort of interested in them because they're quite sort of weird, sort of slippery things. And I'm fascinated by seeds in general. I just think they're magic. And so, um, yeah, this thing came up about, you know, take the, the hard shell and put them in uh, a bit of uh, a kitchen towel and leave them in a jar. And I was like, this is all mad. It all sounds like, you know alchemy and then uh, so I just tried it and yeah these little germinated seeds emerged and now I've got I think I've got about four little lemon plants which so they're about a year old yeah and they're about sort of I don't know what's that half a foot I don't know um and they just bring me such joy because I feel like I I did it even though all of evolution's done it I feel like oh I, you know my nurturing achieved that there is a citrus centre. There's a really nice garden centre in the south of England with all types of lemons and oranges and in between. So, um, yeah, check that, them out. I mean, that's the other thing that I love about gardening <laughs> is that you find out these things like there's a citrus centre. Oh, I'm just off down the citrus centre. What a sentence. <laughs> there's a mix between a lemon and an orange, so you might enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, I love both of those things. God, I'm going to look like Tom Daly before you know it. <laughs> Fantastic. So... As a beginner, getting into gardening, what has been the easiest stuff to grow and what is that you wouldn't bother again? Kale. Kale just grows. Oh. I mean, I know a lot of people don't like kale, but, I mean, if you would like to feed 70,000 people with one metre of earth, just shove some kale in. Um, it just seems to go and go. Uh, I was disappointed with um, balotti beans. They grew, but I was expecting big towering things and they were just like quite small shrubs and I didn't really know what to do with the beans. So I didn't, you know, I spent loads of time kind of growing them. They're very beautiful things, but I wasn't mad on those. I'm trying to think what I've not had success with. Cauliflower I struggled with. You might know about this. Do you cover it over? Like do you, what I read after, I saw like little cauliflowers emerge and then they just all went really weird and horrible. And I, I think I was meant to cover them cover the actual cauliflower bit over but i've forgotten what they call that 
I mean, do you think it was a pest? Was it pest damage? Because you can Maybe. get um, pest problems, which you'd want to net your cauliflower. But they That's they it. take so much space. I don't bother growing cauliflower. It's too okay. much space. As you say, kale, radishes, beetroot, there's a lot of stuff you can get into a smaller space, can't you? Yeah. Broccoli did well. I had a good, I had a really good run with broccoli. Um, and I did, actually, I found this amazing recipe where you roast the broccoli and the kale together on the highest temperature the oven will go at in a tiny bit of oil. And then you put olive oil, uh, chopped garlic and salt in a bowl, and then you just mix it all together when it comes out. So it's like really um, sort of blackened on the sides and crispy on the kale, and then all that oil and, oh, so good. But th- those are the magic moments when you're like cooking stuff and you, it's all you. Oh, so good. Um, I like radishes. I, if I eat a raw radish, it makes my mouth go really itchy. I don't know. There's obviously something in it that doesn't agree with me. But if I roast them, fine. And so I made like roasted radishes, which were even like so delicious, with a, uh, using the leaves and made a little pesto that went on, on top. God, I felt like a mixture of Monty and Nigella. Um, <laughs> Which is very much my vibe, I would say. Uh, what have I not had success with as well? Agapanthus, I can't seem to get them to flower very well. Um, Might need more light and heat, maybe. Yeah. And cramped, they like to be cramped. Maybe put them in a they pot. They do, yeah. I love that, that they like things. You know, you sort of <laughs> discover what they like. Like, oh, they don't like that. I just, all of it is so, it's just joyous. Yeah. What has the response been online to you opening up, sort of coming out of this gardening closet, so to speak? Yeah. Um, I'm out. I'm proud. Uh, it's been really positive. I th- you you realise how many gardeners there are. You know, there's lots of people very enthusiastic about it. And it's brilliant. We need more. Um, but my gardening uh, online is slightly different, I would argue, to the general offering uh, that is presented by, I suppose, gardening programmes and magazines. And not that I have any issues with the way that gardening is presented. Because it is a soothing and calming thing, I think it should be represented in that way. However, I've always thought of gardens um, as kind of uh, war zones, essentially, because... uh, you can look at a you know a flower doing you know opening with its leaves full as like a very beautiful thing which it is but also it's it's a bully going give me all the light give me all the nutrients it that's the thing that's won essentially so there is aggression in plants and there's violence and it is uh um an angry place there's lots of plants desperate for light that the bigger ones are obstructing and trees are thugs and uh, climbing plants are particularly uh, aggressive. And um, I think there's something really funny about that. So I think sort of personifying those plants and describing them as um, as thugs or whatever, but I also describe them in very sexual terms as well. Because it's quite fruity, quite fruity your quite language. Quite fruity language, yeah. <laughs> but essentially flowers are, you know, the, uh, the sexual organ of Plants, they're promiscuous, aren't they? Aren't they? Yes. They're promiscuous. Yeah. They're like, oh, come over here, look at me, I'm ever so nice. And so using words, which obviously I went on your um, podcast, using words that um, represent that, I find funny. And I just did it once as like a bit of a laugh. 
And people really went mad for it and were like, oh, when are we getting another gardening update? And now it's the thing that people sort of stop me in the street and say, oh, I loved that gardening update last week when you described a tulip as a whatever. It's like, you know, it's it's become, it seems to have really captured something. So, um, yeah. So 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 my, my online, the online gardening, uh, it's Instagram mainly where I post about what's going on in my garden, has been really sort of weirdly successful in a way that I can't really explain why. I think it's refreshing because you're right, there is something very soothing, very grounded about being outside, but it is the rawness of nature. Mm. Plants are there to survive and that's how they do it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and sort of calling them for what they are. Because I think there is a, you know... as I've said, there's a sort of imagery of gardening, which is sort of older people, retired people, pottering about. And um, Instagram has been great for that, that there's this sort of new arm of like younger people who clearly love, and there's some saucy gardeners out there. I mean, you go on Instagram, there's some sexy people who like gardening. And um, of which I include myself, <laughs> of course. Um it's really, it's really exciting to see gardening being uh, engaged with in that way, and because I think all ages can can glean pleasure from it. My next door neighbour, um, she's got three boys, and her youngest is really into it. And I give him seeds, and he grows little stuff in pots, and gets really excited by it. And that's brilliant, you know, to see kids getting really excited by the things in their, you know, that they can grow. But you've changed, you've changed it for me now. I'm not seeing sort of wandered lonely as a cloud looking at daffodils. I'm seeing a nightclub with all these yeah. peacocking kind of, find me. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, the most beautiful way I heard um, a garden being described was a friend of Sarah Millican's. And she, she told me this. She said, it's like a slow motion firework display. And I think that's so beautiful. Because, yeah, if you've, if you've just filmed a garden and sped it up, it's just stuff popping all over the place and going, look, I'm over here, I'm over here. And it's amazing that. It's so cool. And um, But yeah, nightclub, colour, uh, yeah, sex, all of this stuff is going on in your garden. Um, and, you know, we think of it as this like, oh, lovely, quiet little space, but it's not. It's, you know, there's a fight going on and all st- sorts of stuff. And you do a bit of a Q&A sometimes, which I, I, I love it. I think you're such an unlikely hero of the gardening world and we should be encouraging this. <laughs> Thank you. Do you enjoy helping people getting into gardening and solving their beginner problems? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not very good at solving problems, really. But I just anecdotally, I'll help people with stuff that I have experienced. But what's really good about that is I'll post something. So, for example, the last post that I did was about... Um, uh growing some sweet peas in compost and i knew this but i hadn't worked out why i knew this and i think it maybe his mum told me this ages ago so i just instinctively knew but i um was showing my compost bin and taking the compost out and then the next picture was just the compost goes in this seed tray and put it through but i had actually mixed it with some regular compost and just put a little bit of my compost in and um so put the, the sweet peas in and then somebody got in touch and said you should not use compost just like that because you can get nutrient burn and I was like yeah I didn't know that but I didn't realize that I knew it in those terms and that's why I'd mixed it so you get people getting in touch kind of reminding you of stuff that you should do or um if they spot something that 
maybe you're not doing right, they'll help you out with. So actually, it's been really valuable for me getting the feedback from them because a lot of the stuff that I'm doing probably isn't right and probably isn't the correct way. And if it's a really useful tip, I'll then post that on so that people can see that. And it's very collaborative because there's so much to know. That's the other thing. It's like there's just uh, an a, a extraordinary amount of variables in um, growing stuff. Compost. Tell me, compared to having sort of a BAFTA-nominated television show, quite how exciting is it making your own compost? Way more. So much more. <laughs> Le- legit, genuinely. Because it feels... I mean, obviously, we're we're all and should be worried about the climate and uh, the amount of waste that we produce. And since I got a compost bin, it's uh, and particularly getting a, a hot one so that it kind of... I can pr- I can put a lot more in there... My waste's gone down massively. I used to get so annoyed when a cardboard box, you know, a big cardboard box would come and I'd have to like shove it outside and wait for the recycling, whatever. Don't bother now. Tear it all up, shove it in the compost. Worms love it. They go wild for it. I just find it so fascinating. Just like, because that is, you have to get a real mix and you have to get like an eye for it with the hot compost particularly, because otherwise it gets too cool. "Mm, What do I need to put in there? What's Joe's magic recipe for compost then? What's your ratio? Uh, Great, great, great question. Um, I will, if I'm starting it off, I'll put like as much vegetable waste in as I can get. So I've just got like a a box in uh, in the house that I put all vegetable waste in. Apart from avocados, because... I don't know what, I think they're made of plastic. I think they evolved as plastic avocados because they do not rot down, as do, um, they say that the coffee pods are biodegradable. I don't know in what world they're, because I've done maybe two or three years now of putting the same biodegradable, fully compostable compost pods, uh, coffee pods in, and they just come out exactly the same. I think it has to get so hot. How hot does yours get? I've seen you measure the temperature. Do you know how hot? It gets up to sort of like mid-40s degrees, I would say, at at its peak. But, I mean, they can get hotter, can't they? They can get into Mm. like crazy. Mum was like, you can cook a fish in there. I was like, I've got an (laughs) oven. I think I'll just put, I'll just use the oven. Um, So my my recipe is as much of that stuff as I can get in there. So um, all the vegetable waste. And then... um, about the same, if not a little bit more of torn up cardboard or paper. And then if I'm starting it, I'll chuck in some chicken pellets as well to just really, um, really get it going. And then it's all about the mixing, isn't it? Give it a good mix. Give it a little spin. Um, and then I find just leave it because I think lots of people get excited about having a look next day or whatever. But if you just leave it, then it just allows that temperature to swell and whatever. Um, and that's... That seems to have worked. Do you add the moisture? One thing I, not really, no, because I feel like I get enough from the stuff in the in the because it's normally my kind of vegetable waste will be like coffee pod, um, not coffee pods. Like I use um, an AeroPress. It's like it's quite a lot of moisture in those, and then like um, yeah, lemons and things like that, which have got loads of yeah. all your lemons, <laughs> all of my lemons. <laughs> There was a thing that came up. I can't remember where it was. That there was a misprinted Jamie Oliver recipe, which said something. It was like about doing a chicken. It was like rather than using two lemons, it was twenty-two, <laughs> and and somebody's mum had done it, 
and <laughs> said that the recipe just, she's like, this doesn't really taste very nice. It's like, yeah, because you put 22 lemons in it. Imagine eating 22 lemons. Extraordinary. <laughs> that, then I'd look like Tom Taylor. Yes, I'm hoping you'll become the king of lemon trees and there'll be a sort of a... Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. And you can look like Tom Daly then, so it's two, uh, Perfect. two, two, two things. And what has been your greatest expense in the garden? Mm. Um, well, last year uh, I bought these, like, just tin raised beds that actually weren't that expensive, but they were really brilliant. And because I didn't realise how they kind of keep the heat in a little bit, um, but also just makes it so much easier to get to stuff. But I also treated myself to a, now I never know how to pronounce it, pergola, pergola. Yes. Not pergola. Pergola sounds like a coffee maker, doesn't it? Pergola. And I'm growing up clematis and a few bits and bobs up there. Um, And that I had to get like properly fitted, obviously, and concreted in or whatever. But it's so, I'm thrilled with it because I just love, it was Ashling B who has a lovely garden who has one and she just grows uh, jasmine and I think she's got a wisteria up there as well. And I was so jealous. I was like, I've got to get one of these as well. And um, yeah, it's slowly getting there, but it's sort of early stages with that. Oh, wonderful. How big is your garden? Is it something you've got to find vertical space to grow more or are you quite lucky? No, it's not massive. It's enough for me. It's definitely enough for me. But um, last year, because I was in the garden loads, I ran out of space because there was pots everywhere because I was doing tomatoes in pots and... There was nowhere for anyone to sit. I mean, not that we could have people around that much last year, but there was just nowhere for anyone to go. Um, yeah, so it sort of, um, it became a bit a bit absurd how much I was growing last year. But um, I'll, pa- I'll pair it back slightly this year. Maybe don't need to do quite so many. <laughs> you'll, be, um, you'll be doing more and more comedy as well. But how would you compare? Is there any similarity between gardening and stand-up comedy? Wow. Um, oh... Is there? Yeah, there's got to be, but I uh, nothing immediately. They they do feel like opposite ends of the creative spectrum because stand-up is... I'll tell you what, what's similar about it, and I think what appeals to me in all of the work that I do is I love that, um, that long build to something and, and the small rewards along the way. And... Um, I'm doing a lot of writing at the minute and at the minute it's only me reading it, maybe a few other people that I trust, but there's, uh, and, and a lot of the time you're doing it and you're thinking, am I getting anywhere? This doesn't look like anything. This is, and then slowly things start to open up and you start to see little things. So I suppose it's, it's like anything creative that, and anything that requires patience that you get these amazing moments and they surprise you where you go, wow, like, I made that happen and or, or the accidents of it and, and often I suppose the accidents are the thing that are the most exciting bits in any creative endeavor and none, none more so than in the garden like when you really nail um mum did this brilliant thing where I, I can't remember the two um I can't remember the breeds of the flower the names of the flowers but there's one that's like very dark green that's got like kind of almost cactus looking but not euphorbia mm-hmm. and um and then she grew like um a climbing plant through it 
that had bright orange flowers, a little bit like petunias, but I don't think they were petunias. Um, were they nasturtiums? They have quite round leaves. Yes, that's the one. Yes. Oh God, you know your stuff. <laughs> and um, and the darkness of the euphorbia with the the brightness of the and the and the orange of the nasturtiums was just so beautiful and such a it just it did something to me it like soothed me immediately looking at it I felt so calm and she was like it's just a happy accident like just and and stuff like that is amazing and really exciting so yeah I think there is lots you know if I thought about it for a while I'd find loads of similarities but it's good it's good to think about it in that way actually like what's similar and what and what can one do to help the other, I suppose? Because mm. actually... Will there be any gardening input into your material? There should be, shouldn't there? Um, what would be the yeah, funny do... bits that you think you could take <laughs> and use? Well, it's sort of what I've talked about before, about the kind of... I've always found it funny about birdsong, that people think of birdsong as this very soft and soothing thing, but they are just basically telling each other to clear off. And, um, uh, yeah, I find it... It's, it's humor is often the surprise of things, and gardening has such a clear vision. When you when you say the word gardening, or when you think of gardening, the imagery with that is calm and slow, and generally older uh, in in terms of the people passionate about it. And puncturing that with other ideas, there's real roots for humor there. There's definitely you know scope for stand-up do you think there's a benefit in puncturing this i I mean if you're going to be cynical you could say a stigma you know something that puts off younger people people our age from gardening do you think there's a benefit in making pulling a new way of looking at it totally i think the main thing for me that um i think uh is a really good uh, part of gardening that people are talking about loads now is how statistically it helps with mental health and um that that's the that is the the big driver for me actually of kind of the promoting people doing these little things in their houses taking seeds out whatever is how surprising it is that you go oh that's really been a help there and that's really brought me some joy and of course it does i'm sure we've got evolution Uh, evolution has engineered us so that we want to do more of it once we've done stuff because it helps us survive essentially doesn't it um so of course it helps um but i think the more people with the uh, you know uh, amount of screen time that we have that can get excited by gardening and get excited by growing things the better so yeah i don't i'm not sure i i don't i'm not so immersed in the gardening world and in a gardening culture to know how much stigma there is there but it is just those sorts of um uh, very early observations of it that make me think it seems quite it's a bit like publishing it's all very sort of um very nice and very gentle um but maybe perhaps not getting to the truth of things and uh, and, a li- and a little scared of um being naughty I like Joe's naughty campaign to get the country gardening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People seem to like. It. I mean, my followers, you know, I wouldn't trust them really. To um, they're, they're, they're monsters, my fans. I wouldn't, you know. <laughs> and if you were going to, if you had a friend who wanted to get to gardening, and you were going to buy them some kit to get going, what yeah. would you buy them? I just did this for a friend of mine, actually. 
I went for loads of like really easy growing seeds. So stuff that you can just chuck in like carrots, beetroot, um, kale, our old friend. Um, Bag of compost. Can't go wrong with a bag of compost. And then the thing that I've treated myself to this year is a propagator. Just like a, because last year I was doing everything in pots that I was then putting cling film over and it just all felt very wasteful. So this year I just got like a proper propagator. And um, I think for people particularly with limited space or people who can't, don't have an outdoor space at all, propagators are a beautiful thing um, to just get, you know, you just stick it on a window shell. Window shell? <laughs> shelf. <laughs> a windowsill shelf? Yes. A no. windowsill <laughs> sh- shelf. Um, you, yeah. Have you converted any other comedians into gardening or have any sort of revealed to you that they're also into gardening well so Ashley b does has a lovely garden and she only has a small space but she's used it incredibly well and obviously really thinks about how she's going to use it and nurture it and it feels like this lovely little oasis of um of color and life um she's done so well with her garden very jealous of hers um Catherine ryan keeps asking me for tips i don't think she's quite got the time or the patience for it yet but I'm sure she would pay somebody to do it so I think um she's she's interested because she's asking the questions I'm trying to think who else is into gardening I found out that Alice Levine does quite a lot of uh gardening um not a stand-up but a funny funny woman um she's and she draws a lot of plants as well she's got a lovely artistic um style uh, when it comes to drawing flowers she's really beautiful and who are your gardening heroes monty um yeah you're a fan of monty monty's so soothing and lovely isn't he and what's the name of the lady on gardener's world who does has the allotment she's so lovely francis tophill i think yes it's francis find her really um really uh, her, she's just every time I watch the show and she's on it, I, I learn something that's very useful. Like I can actually do something with it. Obviously, we love Monty, but I was mentioning before other Instagrammers, and there was one. Let me find. I think he's called Arthur, and he is he Arthur gr- Parkinson. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Arthur Parkinson <laughs> is a favourite. Doesn't he do lots of tulips? Yes, he's very good with tulips and chickens and, and being very gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, some some of those things are more pertinent than others for me, I would say. <laughs> I love a tulip, but also, yeah, he's not an uh, unattractive man. Squirrels, talk to me about squirrels. Oh, They're God, your nemesis. No. I hate them so much. Have you dealt I with didn't your used squirrel to. problem? No, no, I haven't. And I'd be up for tips. Mum, mum's invented all sorts of ingenious ways of getting. She, she, what she finds annoying is that they steal all the food for the birds. And actually, I think I've managed to avoid that. It's the bulbs, particularly tulips, that they just seem to be ravenous for. Yeah, yeah. And um, I don't know what to do about it, and other than covering them over in like horrible nets and whatever. There's not that. Because, and even then, when the tulips come out, they eat the heads. How do you stop that? I don't know. Yeah. You could try and cover the whole thing. It does get to a sort of 
frustrating point, doesn't it? But with your yeah. netting, you could have the netting under the soil, perhaps, you know, when you first initially plant your bulbs, oh, get the netting in then. Oh, that's smart. Oh, that's really <laughs> smart. And that'll really annoy them, won't it? <laughs> It'll at least annoy them. They might still eat them, but at least you made it slightly, yeah, that's slightly, great. slightly tougher for them. I've heard they also don't like mint or chilli. So, I mean, should People I really like... People use chilli for... I was going to say for pigeons, but actually I don't think pigeons can taste, birds can't t- taste chilli, but squirrels and foxes, you can try chilli powder. Yeah, just spread that around the kind of base of them or something. Yeah. And what's They're been the so best... so annoying. <laughs> what's been the best tips you've learned about gardening that have helped you? Uh, well, a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of it's to do with watering, isn't it? And uh, it's taken me a long time, particularly with houseplants, to learn about the an under overwatering thing um and that people can teach you a little bit it's always i always found this really frustrating when things were dying and i'd sort of show them to mum or someone and they go oh i don't know did you maybe you overwatered it I said, well i don't i don't know you i'm asking you tell me what i've done wrong based on this dead thing where am i going wrong and it is because like so many of those indoor things just aren't that thirsty at all apart from weirdly um uh what's the lily um a sort of peace lily peace lily ones they just seem to be like thirsty um but everything else is not fast so watering and whatever is great um pruning for particularly for tomatoes and roses, I, I didn't realise was put, uh, on tomatoes to get like the best and whatever fruit. Um, I've really got into my pruning and I didn't do enough last year and I hopefully will learn to just really kind of be strict with that. Well, it's so horrible to like cut off a branch and it's got little things on you like, oh, but they'll turn into tomatoes, but it's it helps. What's your tips for maximum potato, uh, tomatoes? Pruning and then, yes, sun in it. Just, you know, follow the sun round. Like, go out all day and just stand in the sun. And you Move get... to Italy. <laughs> that would help. But you, So you're getting out the side sheets, the bit in the armpits, we sort of yeah, call them. the little, yes, the little <laughs> side sheets. Let's nip them out. Um, then what else? And then, yeah, I suppose it's like composting, chicken pellets, like, on the actual soil once in a while that kind of thing. Um, there's been so many. People have been so helpful. Oh, um, a good drainage as well, so that, you know, putting stones in the bottom of pots, all of those things have been really helpful. They're all quite entry level, though. I've got no amazing tips, really. I've got nothing that you wouldn't know already. But I think those are fundamental, and actually I think those are the things that if you get them wrong, you can't go anywhere. And actually if you get those right, all the extra bits are bonus. Yes, yeah. You've you've done something quite dangerous here in that you're revealing that you know loads about gardening, which of course you should. And I have your email address. <laughs> you're going to inevitably be inundated with me being like, "What should I do with this? What's It'd happened here?" Be my pleasure. You have to send okay. me a couple of jokes, and uh, and I can we okay, can do a swap, fine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a knowledge fine. swap. Yeah. And do, do you practice your material on plants? Do you get any better growing from making them laugh? <laughs> I, uh, I, I think I germinate some ideas when I'm with them, but I'm not sure I do the full finished thing. But I used to, when I was a kid, I used to sing at the flowers. I used to imagine that they were an orchestra. And I used to think that, like, the lilies over in the corner were, like, the strings or whatever. So I've sung at plants before, 
but I'm not sure I've told any jokes to them. What, what, what did you used to sing to them? Do you remember which song? It used to be classical music. How do you like sing classical music? You know, like da 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 <laughs> And I imagine that I was the composer. I mean, That's this was wonderful. when I was, you know, um, 31. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I was, I don't know how old I was, like 10 or something. I used to love classical music. I still do. But yeah, I used to think I was composing, uh, not composing the, um, or conducting the, uh, the flowers. There is evidence that music helps plants grow. No. I think it's the vibrations, if I'm honest, because if you sort of yeah. smack your tomatoes about a little bit, you toughen them up. I don't know if you... If you oh, yes. A little bit rough. Was, <laughs> one of the sewers from Sewing Bee, Mercedes, has been really helpful, and she sends me loads of tips, and she was like, have you been... Yeah, uh, well, I, I forgot what she called it. It wasn't brushing. It was something just like... And I was like, no, come on, that's silly. And she's like, no, it helps to kind of strengthen them. So you just, like, run your hand over them every so often, and it just... Yeah. Stuff like that's crackers. They get stronger because they have to be. You don't want your yeah. weak weedy. You want nice, tough, strong plants. So we've got to be a little yeah. bit cruel to be cr- kind. <laughs> yeah. I love all that. It's just so amazing, yeah. If there are people out there wanting to start growing but have never grown anything before and just think it's not something they can do, what would your advice be, Joe? They're wrong. Um People say that to me about stand-up, like, oh, how do I go about starting stand-up? And, you know, should I go on this course about stand-up? Should I watch every stand-up and write notes on it? And my advice is no, 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 just do it. There's no other way of learning, for me, uh, a creative thing than experimenting and having a go. I'd do a quick Google to see, like, what is the easiest thing to grow in this area and just do it and just see what happens. Because you'll surprise yourself. And there'll be there'll be failures, of course there will, because even I'm guessing, you know, um, experienced garden, gardeners like yourself have um, things that don't go the way that you're expecting them to or want to. And that's part of the, you know, if it was really easy, there would be no, um, no joy in it. So um, I cannot recommend it enough. It's been uh, one of my favourite things that I've discovered in life. And it's so easy, like, it doesn't require anything. You don't have to call anyone to come around. You don't have to do anything. You literally just pick up some soil and go for it. You know, that's it. It's, 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 um, it's the most simple, magical thing that you can do. Thanks for listening to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast. So if you've enjoyed this episode, please tell others about it and rate us in your podcast provider app. And we'll see you next time.